to the Claim Throne Blodgecast and as always you're going to be dragged on for a while with Cabba and Ash from the band but luckily for you and for us we're here today with a very special entertaining and attractive guest he's from the band Lord he has a variety of podcasts such as Self Starter and the <laughs> Antisocial and finally after a hundred and the rest episodes we're here with Andy Dowling thanks for joining us today Andy how are you? I'm fantastic now that I've got a beer. Thank you very much for having us. The hospitality that you've brought to Sydney is top-notch. Well, we're leeching off Sydney's hospitality right now. You're making the most of it. Uh, I believe this is a VB. No. To his new. For, for a hard-earned yes. thirst, fuckers. It's a local beer, one that is better than the ones you're suggesting, and we went to a brewery yesterday. Emu Export. This is a Young Henry's. I think they've given me the wrong beer, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, I don't know if it's it doesn't taste Henry's. like it, does it? That's what I ordered. That is 100% not a Young Henry's. I did pay $15, so I was surprised that they were $5 I each. He, I think she gave you Han Lights. <laughs> <laughs> what? So this was 15 bucks for the round? Yeah, f- or fifteen fifty. She hour. didn't hear you. Oh, Maybe, maybe happy hour. Definitely not Young Henry's anyway, but that's what I asked for. And we've got Cullen Draft or something like that. That's right. It was free for me, so cheers, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Wait till the next one. It'll cost you three times as much as you normally know. Yeah, that'll, that'll be my mid-string choice. <laughs> so we're wearing a lot of Australian metal shirts there. Oh, yeah, representing. I just uh, It took me 20 minutes this morning in my wardrobe to work out the best uh, cuts <laughs> to, to bring today. Yeah, I've got a Desecrator shirt on, Cyclopted Quiddie. That's about it, really. Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. did see Riley from Desecrator at the Bendigo show. Did you see him there? Yeah, of course. Of course. How could you miss him? Exactly. Before I actually met him, I was actually quite fearful of him because of that whole skeleton thing he's got going. There's a couple of people that live in my area who walk <laughs> around town and they just scream at themselves. And I just uh, associated that kind of, I don't know, that sort of mental condition with the haircut. And so And the Fourth Reich. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. So I always sort of, I don't know, I was a bit fearful from afar. But when I got to meet him, a very lovely guy. He is a lovely guy. <laughs> And nice thrash on him as well. Yes, he's got a bit of thrash, yep. <laughs> that was funny, that show, especially. There was like 10 billion bands playing. And um, so to have, yeah, not even only him, there was a few people that had rocked in from other bands that weren't even playing. and still there to check it out. Pretty cool. Have you been to Bandigo? I have. I haven't played there. No. But I've been there. It's like an hour or something from Melbourne, eh? Or more. Two hours. 10 hours, I don't even know. I'm oh, then you go to the town, not the, the town, hotel. No, the town. Okay, the town. yeah, 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 we played that. We played Music Man, where you guys... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I was listening to your, your little tour report last last night. Sorry about of, that. Uh, <laughs> of, um, of Bendigo, and um, I could probably almost, word for word, duplicate that story for us. <laughs> Sound, pretty much on par. Uh, bar staff, yep. 100%. Um, there was borderline domestics happening. They yeah. just let us drink behind the bar. It was pretty loose there. And, like, it's pretty busy and stuff. It looks like there's a lot of people, but there's 20 bands playing, and you wonder how many of them have actually paid to get in. Yeah. How many how many guests listed do uh, the bands have? I'm pretty sure it was zero. Oh, that's good. Yeah, oh, good I'm on sure him. it was zero. Is that Damo putting it on? Yeah. Yeah, good on him. Oh, there you go. Strict. <laughs> anyway, that's what we heard. I'm sure with a little bit of peer pressure, he would have uh, <laughs> changed that, but we'll see anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Lord Gigs at the moment, what's going on? Because you've got a brand new spanking thing coming out. Oh yeah, plug, plug, plug. So we yeah. thought while we're over here, we might get the chance to this watch some Lord, but maybe no, not. No, no, we're too lazy to play shows. Um, yeah. We've got, oh, Wedges oh. are coming. Ash is going to go multitask. Um, yeah, we've got a new, oh, he just found it. <laughs> Could have stolen some free ones off another table. There was table. some leftover Wedges. <laughs> He's, <laughs> being the, being the tour professional that he is, always trying to find a saving. Um, Tell us what the new release is, Andy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Stop talking about wedges. <laughs> um, yeah, got a new live album, Prog Power USA. Um, we played that a couple of years ago. So full year set. Full set. Um, and we've just... So that's been online, digital, and the videos online as well. And we've done a CD, limited edition, with some unreleased bonus tracks on there. So that comes out in a couple of weeks. But uh, no shows for the time being. And um, we'll probably So not start. even to sort of promote the release of it or whatever? No. CD launch, no? No. So... I, um, Strategic or laziness? Uh, probably more laziness than anything else. But um, we got we had a bit of a goal as far as the amount of money we wanted to make off it, and we did that, and that was enough to fund the next album. Pre-orders. Yep. But <laughs> the through Lord's website. Uh, you ignore me. Keep talking. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> so we did the pre-orders, did the announcements, the press releases, and got a little bit from like. You know the diehards, and I thought, "Fuck this! This is not moving quick enough." So I spent three days straight on my Christmas New Year break, messaging as many people as possible on Instagram and Facebook, just saying and cut and copy and paste. Although I tried to make it look like it wasn't, basically saying, "Hey, you you rule, blah blah blah. Here's an opportunity to get the CD before you miss out. I just don't want you to miss out. Blah blah. blah. All these incentives for them to buy. I'll make it really easy for you. We'll even sign it if you want." Blah, blah. And the hit rate was really good. So I tripled our pre-orders just by doing that. So you got four pre-orders then. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought I've left myself open there. <laughs> so so physical CDs though? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Get out. Yeah. So the good thing for us, and it probably wouldn't happen normally, is that because the show was recorded in the States yeah. and it was prog power and the type the demographic that goes to this are sort of middle aged guys. Um, they're all well paid they've got well paid jobs. And they're all music enthusiasts. They've got massive CD collections. They always they they're old school. They don't like streaming. They don't like all that sort of stuff. And they prefer to have the physical thing. And they love to get shit signed. And it's collectible items. So we said limited edition, limited time as well. So even if we don't sell out of the CD, I'm taking it offline after a month or so after it's released, and just saying sorry, guys, it's gone. Can't get it. Merch desk. Yeah, and that, oh, sorry. Will you do it at the merch desk? Well, after? we might have a few random shows, but I'm yeah, not going to tell yeah. people. Yeah, but basically, yeah, I want yeah. people to understand that you snooze, you lose, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's worked so far, so yeah. that's my tactic. Talk about knowing your market, knowing your demographic. Yeah, absolutely. How'd yeah. you find out about your demographic? Well, you know, decades being in the scene, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Decades for you, centuries for Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah, a few of us have been around around the traps for a while. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at, I mean, it's probably similar to you guys as far as the the gender ratio it shows. I mean, it's usually probably like an 85, 15%, if that, maybe. It's, just, it's very, very random, and it's just actually amazing already to hear someone talking about the specific person that you're exactly aiming towards, because we were just, we, we'll, we'll go geographic say so we're going to a city we'll just aim at everyone in that entire city so for someone like like what you're saying now is 
where you know wherever you've been or whatever but also the age what they're interested in all this shit so if you're doing facebook ads or whatever you can hell target the fuck out of that yep. that's that's impressive so even even with so we got a massive uptake from the from the US sort of guys just because of prog power and I deliberately went into every facebook group that was linked to prog power and started harassing the uh, hell out of them so yeah. I, was, I was pitching it as a souvenir so people love that sort of stuff but I also targeted germany and didn't bother with anywhere else and there's a bit of like sort of uh, overlap with other countries and other people picked it up, but I just went hard on Germany because the Germans just still love their CDs, they love their vinyl, love and their they love their power metal. And <laughs> so I just made sure that it was, I've used the words collectible, limited edition, limited time, signed, all that sort of stuff. And it was just like buzzwords and like, oh, yep, I'm in. So we had a really good, really good take up from Germans as well. They're loving it. But that, that's, I mean, I've seen that over the years and you look at the people that rock up and they're weekend warriors. You know, we get we get the guys in sort of mid twenties to mid thirties, but a lot of them are sort of late thirties into their forties and into, a few into their fifties, and they're all got full time jobs. They've got families. They probably get out of the house like five times a year, and when they do, they get on it and they have a great time and they buy one of everything. And so we've got this inner core of people that sort of fit that mold, and we just make sure that they are a hundred percent loved. We make sure that they're acknowledged. We do everything we can for them, and we don't even have to let them know about something. It's just out there and suddenly bing, 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 and we get the sales from them. And so for us, it's just like, how can we make like those two people <laughs> into like 200 or 2,000 and just keep expanding it? But yeah, but it's, it's been like, it's only been recently where we've really sort of sat down and gone, who is like a Lord fan? And we take the piss out of them and go, oh, you know, they're virgins or they're, you know, <laughs> they're 18 year olds have uh, got so, yeah, probably got autism or, you know, can't talk to a woman or anything like that. But, you know, we, we spend, and some of that's true, you know, every once in a while. But yeah, I think we sort of spend a bit of time really trying to think about it and work out who it is. That's pretty smart. And it's a good way, like, if you're already doing something to record, to record it. Yeah. Like, it's too many years between bands' albums. Like, with us, we always talk about it's, like, more three or four years. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I'm not sure. but Three or four years before releases, yeah. 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 It's crazy. So and, and it's because it's just so easy to just get it out and then just have that break and just go, all right, we'll start writing again when we're ready. But Well, we're the, we're the same. I mean, we haven't put a, a full-length album out since 2013. But we put out re-recordings a box set I think two EPs possibly this live album we've done all this shit in between and so it's sort of like this works in the band tool stuff it's like you know repurposing content and just finding ways to release it in other ways and then we'll record like a new song in the studio and we're lucky because Tim's got his own studio so we just do everything in house and then we'll go okay well we've got this feature song we'll put it on an EP and then we'll find like off-cuts demo versions remixes um, or just like a cover song we, we just smash I mean we just smash out way too many cover songs we cover song friendly but they work well as far as filler on an EP or whatever and just keeps something out there and we only do limited runs we only do like I mean we between 250 and 500 and that's it we won't do any more because it's not worth it I've, I've still got crates of CDs at home from like 10 years ago that I'm just going oh well we'll get through them eventually but you stream all your stuff or have it there it's all there, so it's all, yeah, everything's yeah. streaming. It's all on all the platforms. It's there available because there's still people that prefer that. Yeah. Um, but we're still trying to cater a little bit for that odd old school crowd. It's just that old school people love power metal, so it's just like, oh, well, we'll, we'll keep marketing to that. Do they do that at Prog Power? Like, have a camera for every band, or did you have to organise that? It. 
So they offered, oh. well, they offered it our year. I don't know if they do it every year, but they gave, they offered a package for every band. Um, and depending on what you wanted, how many cameras, because they've got an in-house production team in the venue. Oh. And so they outsource it, trying to get extra money. And so because there's a, a high volume of bands, they bring the cost right down. Yeah. And so was, like three cameras versus five and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, tiers like sort that. of? And they also, huh. I mean, there's certain, I'm trying to think of the other things, there's certain other production that they were offering. I think there's, um, I don't like know. They'll do post or something as yeah, there's well. A bunch, yeah, so there's a bunch of things. Um, and we just, we literally at the end of, because it was a four-day fest and we were on the first day, we let them have some breathing space for the fest. And on the last day, I just hit them up and they gave me a hard drive and I took the hard drive home. And, and then we worked it all out at home. But um, it was a steal, like ridiculously cheap. Mm. Like maybe 1600 US to do it. Oh, really? Yep. And, wow. And they, the cost was so low because it had so many bands. But the amount of bands that didn't take it up, fucking crazy. Like even if you don't want to have a, a live release, just to have that there to use as bonus content on a second disc or just put it online through like a, a paid uh, video subscription or something like that and just go oh here's some random content from like 10 years ago when we played Prog Power it's just like that's money there and people just didn't bother so it's like oh you're lost yeah and we just went the we went the opposite direction we're just like we're gonna make a live album we're gonna <laughs> go hard and just like milked it and we were like the first band on the first day of the festival yeah and we got an hour set every band got at least a minimum hour set they're really good with that minimum one hour yeah. I suppose prog yeah so they're like that's two songs is it yeah that's right yeah <laughs> but they, they, I think their big thing is that the bands that they bring over they've done it for a reason and they they've shown the, the organisers are fans of every band that's playing each year so they're, they're personal picks it's not strategic as far as I got that one band and part of the booking agent deals I've got to put another six bands on from that booking agent or label or whatever they just go nah I want that band I want that band I want that band and they get the most obscure bands to play but it's just out of their own personal satisfaction to get them on so they give them at least an hour set to get to, to let them shine so for us we're like oh yeah like we've been given festival opportunities to play and you get like a 15 minute set and you're like oh fuck that like you know travel yeah. the other side of the world and play 15 minutes and go home but this is like yeah well worth it mm. film it record it put it out there and yeah. just, just milk it milk it yeah yeah that's sick yeah it's funny because your uh, your life in the band Lord stretches as does Cabba's foreskin into <laughs> the world of podcasting. Yeah, oh, that's a good transition. Further than just being on ours. Yeah, what a segue. <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, what a transition, Cabba, from flap to flapping. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I've noticed recently that you've gone from the anti-social podcast yep. to the self-starter podcast. Yeah. Yep. Is it this sort of self-starting behaviour that creates or seizes opportunities, should I say, when you're in Lord? Like what the he- why, what makes you a self-starter? Um, I just don't want to work for anyone. I hate it. But like, you do? I do. But I hate it. Like, yeah. And I've always hated being told what to do, like school and all that sort of just... I'm just a... I was horrible in school, a bit of a... Re- like, not rebel, but just rebellious in nature. Like, I just I hated... just hate being told what to do. Even if it's the right thing, I just can't handle it. And yep. it takes me a while to get over it go away, have a bit of a cry, and then I'll come back and then I'll go, oh, yeah, that person was actually right. So I've always had that. Um, and so I've sort of worked out, like, I've, I've had, I guess, that sort of attitude with the band. Like, I've never been, like, a great musician. I fucking suck. Like, I was a shitty guitarist <laughs> that couldn't get in a band. And so everyone needed a bass player, so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to play bass, less strings. And then 
and then I sort of went, oh, that's a bit harder than I thought. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll make do. And so I've just sort of fumbled my way through my music career, using quotes, and um, made it work. And it's really cool. But for me, I just thought, you know what, instead of me worrying about not being good enough, I'll just fucking do it. And if people think I'm shit, then whatever. <laughs> and so it's worked out. So I've sort of, I've always had that. And so with this self-starter stuff, I think the last sort of thing that's sitting there that's looming over me is still working a job and going, you know what, I've got to get away from that. I want to make money doing it on my own accord, creating things myself and doing things. And that might take years until I get to that point, but I may as well get started. And where I live, being in a regional area, um, you know, you, you read fucking shit online through Facebook, you know, the local community groups and all that, and everyone just fucking whinges about it. Oh, there's no jobs, no opportunities, the industries are shutting down, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, artificial intelligence, all this rubbish. <laughs> and so I just thought, fuck, man, like, you know, why, why can't you just mow someone's lawn, you deadbeat? Like, why can't you go and... Like, just, or your own. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or, like, I don't know, just fucking buy something, like, from an op shop and flip it and start making money. Like, you know, instead of sitting on the mm. doll, and I know I'm, like, hyper, like, simplifying this, but I just thought there's so many ways to, like, make money, and I thought, fuck it, there's an opportunity here. Nobody does podcast no one even knows what a fucking podcast is down there you see the trouble i've had just trying to get people on the podcast <laughs> oh man so tell um, us about it oh i will yeah <laughs> um yeah so i just um, it's something that i've just really i don't know i just really like it and i think um it's gone a little bit in the direction i wasn't expecting where it's a little bit more sort of polished than than sort of the anti-social and it wasn't yeah. intentional but i figured um i think i'll get more buy-in from a wider group of people then i'll refine it and kick other things out later on and work it out but um yeah it's fun are you aiming for like sponsorship and all that biz uh yeah i think i think i'll try and find a way to to monetize it um i guess the good thing about being in a regional area it's big fish small pond there's no one doing it down there it's always slow news day they're always looking for <laughs> stories. So I've gotten to all, all the local newspapers. I got on oh, ABC really? Radio as well down there. And everyone's just psyched and going, oh, no one's done anything like this. And they're using, like, the buzzwords, being an entrepreneur and all this sort of shit. And I hate all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And so, um, so the next thing for me is, like, well, if I can create something in this area, then can I create a framework that I can then apply to another region in Australia and then sort of go around and sort of mm. maybe use the platform as, a, as an advertising space to give people that own their own business an opportunity to let more uh. people know about what they do and sort of pushing people more to sell online make money online because i mean even for me to try and do research for the first bunch of businesses i went through a list of about a hundred and the majority of them don't even have a facebook page or if they do they posted like once a year they got a website that was last updated in like 20, uh, 2008 uh, yeah. And they st and I thought, oh, maybe they don't exist anymore. No, they still exist. They still function. And then they go, oh, no, we don't have much business. Business is slow down here. It's hard being yeah. in a regional area. I'm like, you're not fucking helping yourself. So I just see this opportunity for people to make money. So I don't know. I mean, whether I go in that direction or not, mm. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Meanwhile, when we're on tour, it's like Japanese ramen. Yeah. Uh, whatever area the fuck we're in. Where are we? Canberra or something? And then you press search and yeah. then it goes yep this place is here yeah, yeah. closed yeah. you're like I know it's open I just walked past it <laughs> or another one that says it's open but it's closed Yeah, and it's like little tiny things like that makes that, a big difference man massively because yeah. we would trek we trek today for ramen yeah. into near Pitt Street in yep. there somewhere and it was amazing but if you can't find a joint like that you'll yeah. never go 
only that, as even a band touring from driving from 10 hours to bloody Melbourne to where are we? Canberra, yeah. So we, we would be looking for places to stop, right? So we, maybe in two hours' time, we're going to need to get fuel. We'll be looking up where the hell are we going to get a Chico roll for Dicey. So we get on Google Maps and there's fuck all information, Facebook, nothing. It's rubbish. So the, these towns think that it's, it's not relevant to them, but obviously it is because there's people like us wanting to get a country-made pie or, like, you know, whatever. So yeah, I heard about how rad those pies are. Oh, Keith. Yeah. Keith Pies, whatever that bakery is called. <laughs> Keith Probably Pies, Keith Bakery. Plug, plug it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just... Some people go, oh, well, I own a cafe or, yeah, I own a servo and my, my, my business is face-to-face. Like I'm giving people, I'm physically giving people things. So why bother going online? It's like you're an idiot. It's about, it's not about selling as such. It's making awareness so people can find you. You know, just create a very simple page that's SEO friendly. You can got Google reviews and all that sort of set up. So then when you're searching, it like just links you straight in. Opening hours are updated. You know, all that sort of stuffs there, and it's simple. But I think it's just maybe it's a different generation as well, trying to keep up with what's going on and. And maybe just area as well. I think you're a product of your environment. It's a bit slower out in regional Australia, so they're sort of like, you know, why, why bother? The guys down the road are sort of, um, they're making do, and they don't have a website, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Fuck them. Anyway, I think it's cool, like, self-starter in the same way that the Claim Throne podcast is really awesome because we're not Metallica yet, but it's like gradually over the years we're talking about all this shit we're yeah. doing, we're trying to meet all these people, we're, like, learning these things along the way. And one day, we'll maybe we'll finally get there and do whatever. So, and hopefully, people are learning along the way with us, which it sounds like that's what's happening with self stars too. And you, you, yeah, meeting these cool people who are. Yeah. I think teaching. It's, you know, even if you learn one tip along the way each episode, it's yeah. it's awesome. I think it's just I, I'm psyched on the whole journey aspect of it. Like just gradually, just getting wins along the way. Like I don't know where it's going to end up, but I may as well just do what I can with what I've got, and. Our band's been so DIY and we've always been proud of it. We've always made sure people are aware of it, that we, we do everything ourselves um, for the most part. And um, so I sort of had that same sort of code of ethics when I've been approaching this sort of thing. So I'm looking at these businesses in like regional Australia going, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, get some flyers. Like, I'm just thinking of like band stuff. Like, and even bands sort of go, oh, flyers, they're shit. And I'm like, nah, well, they, they are in some cases, but I'd still do them. But I just look at businesses and go, man, like, just around town, like, you're not even making an effort. Like, go and network. Go and talk to some of the other businesses in the area. Get some flyers. Get online. Go and start stalking people, finding out what they like. And I don't know, just, like, it's stuff that we just take for granted now because we just, it's expected to be, especially being a DIY band, you just got to do it. So we just go, oh, that's just normal. But for so many people, it's like, fuck, I've never, never thought of even doing half this stuff. We're like... We're all in bands. We all chat to each other, hang out. What are you doing? What are you up to? How do you do it? Blah, blah, blah. And we all specialise in our own areas. Like, it's one thing I noticed. A lot of businesses are just trying to do it. What, they, they're not quite defining what they do best, yeah. but they're also trying to scab off their other fucking competition to try and push them out. Whereas I find the best thing is like, when there's like a couple of things in a row, maybe a few bars, and this one's a craft beer one, this one's a whiskey bar, and this one's a whatever, yeah. you know, and like, I'd be like almost different is better than better. Exactly. 
I, I just think like even simply like create a, if there's like a strip of five shops I create a loyalty card where you just get like something rad or free stuff if you go to all five within a period yeah. of like six months or I don't know or a month or whatever it is and you just stamp it with each place and everyone works together I mean what's the cost going to be why do bands not do the same thing in not the local probably. scene they should. Well, actually, I had an idea. Go to five local gigs, get your card stamped, oh, get into man. one for free. I had an idea, but I just can't get the guys on board for this because it's just too much, and I think we're all getting too old. But I had a thing where you would do a residency somewhere, maybe one one gig a month over 10 months or 12 months, and you do a loyalty card thing, and if you get to all 12 shows over the year, then there's some massive incentive that you're going to get out of it. The CD from every band. 12 yeah, CDs. Well, yeah, fucking something. Like something where you get rewarded for like being loyal and going to all these shows. But our guy's like, oh, man, I can't do like a residency thing. Like, no, nah, no way. Like, And I'm like, come on, guys, let's do it. Man, I reckon we could make something like that work. Yeah. Very interesting. It, yeah. You know, whatever. They used to do it for so long, especially in the 80s, and especially here in Sydney. It's like so many like folklore things are out, Midnight Oil and all these like amazing Australian bands that just set up shop in one pub and they would play every day during the week and would just pack it out every night. Different different time and different culture and everything. Good music as well. Yeah, well, that definitely helps. But, you know, they, they would stay in the one place and they would just they would cut it and, and find their way and find their feet by just showing up every night and just keep playing and playing and playing. And not to say that you go and play seven days in a row, but, you know, you could easily, like, work out with a pub and venue like the Stag or anything and go, we'll play once a month over 12 months and do a 12-month residency. You could even do it where you could do a limited edition T-shirt that's released each month because, you know, do a 25-print run or whatever, keep it low, or just do something, loyalty card or whatever, and you could do a sweet deal with the Stag or any venue where you get a, a lower fee, and I reckon you kill it. No one else is doing that. I think even, you know, well, we're from Perth, obviously, and even there might be three, four, five local quote-unquote promoters who put gigs on just local shows and you might be lucky to get 10, 20, 30, 50 people, whatever. But, you know, why can't all those promoters work together and you say you're part of whatever, come up with some sort of name and if you go to any of these promoters' gigs over the year, you get a stamp on your thing and, you know, you get to go to a gig for free or, yeah, something. Like it's like, it's just like what we were saying with the example with the shops, you know. I think there's still... You know, I think, if anything, Perth's probably one of the better cities as far as people, like, communication between promoters. Like, I've heard about it this private group on there Facebook is, where there people is. go, I've got Well, that, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. I yeah. could get in there right now, put up a post, say, would everyone be happy if they if we put some card together where you get a stamp every time you go to any of your gigs and the fifth one we go in for free and whatever, you just put them on the door list. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem that happened here in Sydney is that it got to a point where there was quite a few promoters, but everyone was against each other. It was a competition thing. And so you would get like three shows on the one night and we're not Melbourne. Melbourne could do it and can get away with it and still get great turnouts. But here, it's just no way. You have to work together and no one got along. And so it's like, fuck yes, I'm going to put on a better lineup and I'm going to get more people than you. And how many people did you get last night? Yeah, you guys are shit. I got, I got 10 more people than you. And it's like, oh man, like it's going downhill quickly. But no one works together. It could make so much more money you get so many more people through and it'd be such a better scene if people just fucking got rid of the ego a bit but you know rant 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 that's hard to do so that's covered those two things but you know the main reason we 
really he is for the love of podcasting. Mm. So what is this fucking thing called the antisocial and why should I listen to it? Well, for starters, you've both been on it. <laughs> well. So I guess that's the first thing. So if you haven't listened to yourselves, I'd probably highly recommend going and checking that one out. Decent episode. I was, good. I was a bit loose um, on that recording. I had were. a few... Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that was a good day. I actually I actually had a a podcast straight after you guys. I can't remember if I told you or not. And um, no, you that did. did that didn't go to air. Oh. Luckily there was a technical difficulty, like Luckily. a legit one. <laughs> there was a legit one with my mic where the other mic didn't work, and so I tried to salvage it and then when I was listening to it, I heard myself and went, "No." I don't think uh, it's flattering for myself and it's probably not very fair on the person that I've actually dragged out. So the person with the dead mic was better on mic that day than you were? Oh, far better. Far, <laughs> far better. Far better. That's the only... You were pretty ratty that I day. Was, Let's oh, just... well, well, there was that, that show that night. Uh, was it Storm Run? Don't remember. Anyway. No. Anyway. And, um, no, you guys did the acoustic set or whatever. Apparently. That, yeah. <laughs> so I remember being there for maybe half an hour. I sort of blew through the place and then sort of I had a beer I remember I had one beer and I talked to a couple of people and then I just crept out and then I don't I, I remember being at Hungry Jack's and there was a fight and I got I got like three burgers and I was trying to shove them in my mouth and then I got back to the hostel and then I passed out and, and then that was it and, and I think I was back by about 9.30 I was just <laughs> like I was getting messages going like from Stu McGill going where are you like, oh man yeah. I had to bail I know I'm weak yeah. We, we played at six and high stew and thanks for the click track through the monitors that night, mate. <laughs> but, um, yeah, one thing I always wanted to know is, like, we can barely do it with each other or podcast once a week. Uh, How in the mother F, by which I mean fuck, uh, do you get across the country and do all these things? Like, how the hell does that work? Um, well, And we use Skype, by the way, and you don't. You do it in person. Yeah, I do a little bit of it, but um, I think I'm. I always worry about it dropping out. Me you know, too. And so I, I always panic with it. I, I do it a little bit more, but I usually use WhatsApp now. And that even then, I sort of like Ugh. it's awkward because there's that little delay, and it fucks with the flow of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I usually find I have to spend a lot more time editing that to make it flow better. You're editing these days? Nope. I've got um, oh. I've got someone else that does it for me. I just yeah, flick yeah. it off and pay him a little bit of money. Yeah, self-starter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> work with uh, work with talented people because I certainly I'm certainly not talented myself. But um, yeah, and like when I first started, so awkward. Didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and I hated it. Like I hate talking to people, especially if I'm not drinking. It's so awkward. Um, and so that was a little bit of a goal for me just to get used to doing it. But um, I was like doing random things in between where I was just like fucking coming up with weird reasons to do an episode. And so I had no direction whatsoever, but I think it was just a repetition of just doing it more and more and more. You mean like the first yeah, legitimate first episodes? Yeah, 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 so maybe like the first 30 or so. There yeah. was a few guests scattered throughout it, but there was other shit. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, oh, hey, I'm on this Duolingo app. Like, here's, here's an episode about Duolingo. Oh, yeah, I'm really shit at German. Ha, ha, ha. You should follow me on Duolingo. And that was an episode. <laughs> but it was just me trying to work it out. And so eventually I sort of, things started to click and it started to feel a bit better. But I, I had a goal to go around the country and do every capital city last year, and I had a bunch of like virgin points, so I started mm. off with one and I sort of just used that, and I do a bit of flying for work as well, and so I did. I think except for one flight, I didn't pay for any of them, Beautiful. and so I just used that for podcasting. So I'd get in on a Friday, and then I'd just cram 
as much as I could. And I wouldn't even tell mates so I was in town. It was not until I'm like flying home. They're like, oh man, you didn't tell me. I'm like, nah, yeah. man. If I, if I caught up with you, nothing would get done. Like I'd be blotto, fucking drunk and no podcast to show. Welcome to our world the last three <laughs> days. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been good. Like um, it's really hard. Like I remember this one weekend in Melbourne, I had 10 people teed up. Like I went hard. And by the time I got off the plane, Friday afternoon in Melbourne, four of them had just messaged me going, nah, I'm out. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And it ended up working in my favour. But I figured I'd always, like, I'll always overcompensate because it'll never be that many. People just yeah. aren't reliable. And even if I can get half of that, it's still way better. So I've always just sort of shot higher than than what I expect to actually get. If I go, oh, my, my goal is going to be to get two podcasts on the weekend, I'm probably going to be pushing to get one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, two's hard, man. Like, I've got to do one a day. I've, it's just fucking, it's too much. Like, I've got some drinking to do or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you, do you schedule, just do them and just schedule them ahead? Because you're very regular with it. You must eat a lot of fibre. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I go, like, so last year when I, like, when I came over to Perth, I did, like, four or five episodes. And so that was four or five weeks done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... I would spend like a day getting them all set up, getting them all edited and whatnot, and then I'd whatnot. There you go. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> and, um, and so I'd have them all scheduled up and then I'd release them week, week on week. So for me, I always try and bulk record because yeah. like even yeah. I, I took January off. I didn't put any new episodes out mm. and I didn't. I waited until last week before I actually started recording and I was fucked. Like the motivation to get started. South really, Park sales like six days before the next one's due. It's so hard. It's brutal. <laughs> and I was like, I became self-conscious about talking to people. I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. I don't know if I want to talk to somebody. Am I good enough to be speaking to this person? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like if I went back like six weeks, completely different mindset. But because I gave myself too much time away from it, yeah. it, it fucked my head. But now I'm back on track and I'm just, now it's it's all in my head. Like I'm just, I'm shooting emails off and messages. I'm like messaging the most ridiculous people. Who's going, the most ridiculous you've ever messaged? Um, well, I've got this target and this is my goal and I may just end the podcast as soon as I get this person. Uh-huh. But it's John Farnham. Oh, <laughs> easy done. Well, I thought I, was, I thought I was onto something towards the end of last year because I was actually talking to Glenn Wheatley and I was going backwards and forwards and he was saying, oh, look, he doesn't do stuff outside of tours. So he's got a tour coming up in December. Hit me up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... All right, so I had it all mapped out. I was going to work it out. And then I hit him up, I think, a week before. He's like, no, nah, he's not doing any interviews for this tour. What are you What are you doing? Like sending emails to their booking agents or something like that? Yeah, so for... Uh, uh, yeah, I'll have a beer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll have a midi on record. How embarrassing. <laughs> so do you have like a, um, a template email sort of set up that you send around and yeah. you just I've, I've got a personalise it yeah I try and personalise and change it depending on who it is and who I'm talking to so if I'm talking to the actual person I want on the podcast I word it differently if I'm going through a booking agent or something like that I have to change it completely because they're the gatekeepers so you'll check up their web so let's say John Farnham yeah, you'll yeah. go to johnfarnham.com yeah. and look up how to contact them and then find the booking agent thing and then see if they want you to uh, answer any particular things or I don't, I don't know. How yeah, so he's got Sony he's got Sony Records or whatever. He's on Sony. So I had to go through his website and there's no contact information there whatsoever. And then I hit up um, a guy called Tim Price up in Brisbane and he knows John Farnham's son. And so Tim's just like, fuck it, I'm going to ask him. And I thought, oh, man, don't do this. Like, this is, some, this is so embarrassing. And he's like, he got me on a, a group chat on Facebook 
with Rob Farnham and he's like, hey, Rob, this is Andy, sick dude, blah, 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 legend. He loves fans. He just wants to get him on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. What do you reckon? And Rob's like, man, I can't, like, I can't do it. You know, I've just got this thing where I can't, like, you know, you have to go through the right channels. And I was like, yeah, all good, man. I appreciate you. This is some mad hustling, dude. Yeah. Because, like, even personally, I've got this band tools thing. I did three interviews three weeks in a row on Skype. Yeah. And it was just the hardest thing ever trying to even tee it up. So you must be sending, what, like, 10 emails a week or something to people trying to get yeah. interviews? Yeah, quite a, uh, quite a few. I don't have like a quote. I should have a quote. I uh, try and like minimum like X amount of emails going out, but I don't really do that. But And I some are in mind for antisocial and some are in mind for self-starter, obviously. Now, now I'm definitely looking at that. Um, so there's certain people where what I might even do is just do one recording and then the full length sort of more, more or less the raw version will go on antisocial and then I'll edit it and tailor it down, reduce it down in size and then do a more focused self-starter thing on a particular topic and then sort of repurpose the content. Um, so it saves me having to go, oh, okay, well, let's do my second podcast now and let's talk about a different topic. I'll just fucking just do it all in one hit. But, um, yeah, like hitting up heaps of people. I'm hitting up, like, at the moment, ex-NBA players from the 90s on Twitter. <laughs> of course you are. And yeah. I haven't had any oh, luck so tweet, far. tweeting them sort of thing or yeah. private yeah. Tweet, oh, Twitter no, messages? I've done a couple of tweets because some of them don't have the little uh, messaging function right. a- activated. Um, so I've tried a couple of What's people. What's the harm, man? Tweet all these people who don't oh, get yeah. a reply, whatever. Yeah, that's it. And if yeah. you do, win. Yeah, that's it. So I sent a bunch out yesterday and I was just like... And so what happens if someone does tweet you back and says, sure thing, you then well, private message them? Somehow? Yeah, yeah. so I'll just try and work out the best way to talk to them. Um, and then I usually just write in their court. I say, look, I'm available whenever the hell you want want me, and I just make it happen. And I've been very creative with my time and trying to, like, find little pockets of, like, time, whether it be go and sit in my car on a lunch break or try and find a way to get out of work early or, um, you know, 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning doing a WhatsApp thing online. Like, whatever it takes, I'll just do it. But I'll always say to them, you tell me when and where, and then I'll make it happen. Instead of me trying to tell them something, because then they just get they they get disinterested really quickly. And it's like, ah, oh, no, this sounds like too hard basket. You know? So it's like, like, and some people like actually want to be told. So I'll, be, I'll say, look, when in the next week would you be available? What would work for you? So I try and instead of just saying, let me know over the coming weeks or something Whenever, like that, yeah, yeah. and they sort of go, ah, oh, no, well, this, is, this sounds like a lot of thinking. So I try and refine it a bit. So this is your whole life now, pretty much, man. Like working, driving shitloads by yeah. the sounds of it as well yeah. and um, two podcasts all the interviews yep a band yeah. Jesus yeah. do you sleep? yeah I do yeah uh, seven hours try and get seven really? Uh, yeah that's, that's I literally have good. an hour in the morning like during the week I have an hour in the morning and an hour when I get home that's it before like waking up to leaving and getting home needing to sleep but being like so my commute's like two hours each way uh, for you know between three and four days a week. And so that's like four, four and a half, sometimes five hours of driving a day. <laughs> and like some days I go crazy, <laughs> but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I just work shit out. Like I come up with, I use like my dictaphone thing on my phone and just like make notes. And by the time I get home, I've got like this list of things. I just smash them out and I actually get more done now with the limited time than when I had like four hours when I got home and I just piss fart around. Oh, that's right. Because you're thinking in there and there's no distractions in the car or whatever. That's it. That's it. And get home, yeah. Yeah. I get off the phone. Like I've got this schedule. Even with my wife, like Jess, I have to say, look, you need to get off the phone now. 
like I this is my time now. She's like, oh, come on, like I've got other things to talk to you. I said later, later. Now, now you've had half an hour. That's it. Now I've got to now I've got to work some shit out. And I'll like I don't know, listen listen to a shitty podcast or something. It's crazy, man. Even this morning we were chatting uh, with our mate Dicey, who we're on tour with at the moment. And he's got this, I mean, he's from um, the 1800s when he was born. So he's got this <laughs> thick, like, calendar book, physical book that he's got. And uh, gets gets a new one every, the start of every year. And you open up whatever page and whatever date it lands on, there's, like, there's some stuff in there he needs to do. And it might be, like, every hour he knows what he's doing every hour of that day. And his alarm goes off on his phone. Oh, like legend. Like, yeah. about 11 o'clock, it's like, wank, wank. Wank, wank. What? Is there a duck in the room? Was that a wank, wank, wank? It, no, it's um, <laughs> it's past Dicey is telling future Dicey he has to do some exact thing at this exact time. And he always tells himself to fuck off. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I love it. Gets an alarm. Fuck off, Dicey. Oh, yeah. I, like some days, like if I'm, if I've got a free day on a Saturday at home, and I usually, because I usually wake up at four, four thirty every day, but on the um. On the weekends, cheers, guys. Um, Not Carlton Draft this time. It wasn't Carlton Draft. No, it's definitely on Henry's. Um, yeah, so on the weekends, I'm still up early anyway, but I will literally do that just to try and keep my head on, on track is I'll go from 7 till 7.30, I'll do this. From 7.30 to 8, I'll do this. From 8 till 9, I'll do this. And probably 80% of it... You can wait it, for an hour? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so for 80% of it, I'll stay on track, but I know that I get way more done than me just sort of going, uh, I've got to do a couple of things today, and then I get distracted and go, ooh, like Facebook or fucking whatever, and I start scrolling, sitting on the couch going, oh, fuck, what have I done for the last hour? So, but, yeah, I didn't know Dicey did that, so that's... Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, an old school way, but he's, yeah, super, super organised, and yeah, if he knows he's got things to do, whatever days, they happen, they get done. I'll give you another Despite tip. whatever, yeah. So I don't know if Dicey does this. He probably doesn't have ADHD like I do, but... He's got several uh, AD, uh, <laughs> a- <mental> AIDS. <laughs> so I'm always coming up with ideas. I'm an ideas guy and barely follow through with any of them. So I'm always like going for the shiny thing all the time. So what I've done is I've got an ideas book and it's a tiny little notepad and I get psyched. And I usually put in my phone first just to get it out of my head, but I will write it down and then I'll put it in what I would call my vault of gold and... That is, I, and I reassure myself that on any day that I'm bored or run out of things to do, I have a wealth of ideas there that I can work on and it takes the pressure off me straight away because otherwise if I don't write it down, it stays in my head and whatever I was meant to do that day is fucking out the window. I, suddenly I want to be a saxophone player and do retro wave, synth wave sort of music and that's all I do for the day and start trying to price saxophones to buy them and then I go, what the fuck have I done? I was meant to do like work. Is uh, practicing bass on that list? It is not. <laughs> it is not. I need but don't you find as well, like, that obviously a joke. Getting home from work, yep. working a full day, I know for me, a drummer, the last fucking thing I want to do is pick up sticks, a metronome, and a shitty book from Dicey's 1920s to play some rudiments or something like that. Yep. Like, it's funny, where does music get crowbarred into all it's of that? It's hard when you've when there's setup involved so that's what I said so if you've got a space which is already set up it's plug and play ready to go yeah. then you, you get that you get psyched on that creative juice and you just walk in there and you can get started but when you have to take things out and you have to set things up plug things in turn things on and wait for shit to, to work and that's what I have to do mm. by the time that all happens I'm like fuck this shit I might play like four riffs on my guitar or, or bass or whatever and go 
Oh, no. Nah, all right. I'm yeah. done. And just put it back on the rack and leave it. And I know a few people that have set up mad home studios and they get so much done and they're doing Skype lessons, they're getting video stuff for YouTube. And I go, that's what I'd love to do that. Even even though I suck at bass, I reckon <laughs> I could still do, here's how to play a Lord riff like a dumb cunt and do like a 30-second video and just do 30-second videos on YouTube. And I'm sure that I could build an audience just doing that. But I need that space. You need all that set up there ready to go so I can just walk in cameras there set up all the recording stuff and, and just lights and it's fucking yeah everything and spend a bit of time shit. setting it up but it can stay there like yeah you know i'm married i've got limited space and if i leave stuff sitting around for too long it's like are you going to do anything with that stuff like are you going to pack that stuff away and say oh, fuck all right yeah, so for yeah. me it's usually easy to just keep it packed up and <laughs> i just don't take it out my friend and mentor but i don't tell him al smith from begirk studios who is listening <laughs> to this podcast He's got this thing like if I don't use it for a certain amount of time, I sell it. He's a studio guy yep. Yep. with microphones and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so for something like this, yeah, it might sit around for a couple of months, but then we'll go, I know we're definitely going to go on the road or yep. these mics can come in handy doing something, these particular leads, blah, blah, blah. But other things in my life and including like the way I spend my time, if yeah. it's like bought a remote control car when I was living with you in Malalu, cost me 400 bucks. Oof. You, you remember the fast tracks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one of them. Yeah. I have an unopened 1986 wow. fast tracks. I actually opened it, sacrilegious, used it once. It's one of the, like the tank like tracks? Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man. I had like a fluoro green one. I had the. Oh, that's the one I wanted, but yeah. they didn't have any. So I had the pickup truck one, yeah, the okay, black cool. with yeah. the pink. It's nice. actually, it grew on me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've still got it. Moved house three times since then. Mm. Or at least twice. Anyway, I've unpacked it the other day and I'm like, you motherfucker. If I know, I'm going to have to have a kid to make sure someone uses that or I'm going to sell it. You know, like shit yeah, like that yeah. is all and the You time. hold on to shit because you just think, oh, maybe one day or something like that. And yeah. it just becomes this... Like, I look around the house and I'm a, I'm a king at this. I, I flip stuff. I sell so much shit online as well. And that's all my extra pocket money. So podcast gets funded through me, like selling... Parts of my music Disc collection. Dogs. Disc dogs. Disc I go dogs. hard on that. Second beer for the day. eBay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen all that shit, man. Look yeah. through your list and stuff. It's crazy. And yeah. I would love to buy all of it, but then I'm also inspired by you to get rid of things, so yeah. I'm not going to buy it because I'm well, like, he's well, doing the right the thing. The other day, I was going to keep this quiet, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it on record. So Stu put a, a post up on the Headbangers thing on Facebook saying, I'm going to get rid of a bunch of CDs. I messaged him and said, I'll buy them all off you. So I bought them all off, off him. I... I threw them up on disc. I threw them. I got them yesterday. No, I got them on Monday. I put them all up on Discogs. And I've already sold three of them for like triple the price of what he was selling them for. And Sorry, Stu, who yeah. definitely is and listening he, to he this. He messaged me and he said, he goes, "Are you going to sell them?" And I said, oh, "I'll have a look at them and work it out." I said, I "Might keep a few." And actually, what I did is like, I do you already own Rust in Peace? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Drop shipping. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I digitise it all, so I've got everything on like a massive hard drive, like yeah. I don't have many thousand songs, and um, so I still like needed that music, but I'm like, they just sit in a rack, so I thought, fuck it, I'll sell it to some doofus in Switzerland or whatever, and make a prof. And in Wollongong. Or in Wollongong. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I get, I've got, I've got this, I've got this pocket of guys that will buy anything Aussie off me. So they will buy any Aussie CDs. You want some Mochief CDs? You give me whatever, whatever you got, My and man I'll sell from them. Two thousand and three. And as soon as I put them up, they will buy them. They will buy them straight away, constantly. I should send you some. That'd be funny. <laughs> All this talk of man just being the most organised person on earth, apart from Dicey, by the sounds of it. Yeah, Dicey wins. Um, 
I had the pleasure of reading a post from you not that long ago about um, scheduling stuff, especially on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it really hurt my head when I was reading the sorts of things that you were doing. Yep. Uh, but I would love to hear more about it. So pretty much, yeah, just what what are you, like for, t- for a band and two podcasts and your own personal stuff, what are you posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? How often and how in the fuck are you managing to do it all? So I think most of it's on Facebook, like as far as scheduling. So I don't use that. What's that one that you keep talking about? Oh, the, Hootsuite is yeah, one, yeah. I tried that a few years ago and it just, I, th- I think what I've realised is that you need different kind of content for Twitter, different kind of content for Instagram, I Facebook, agree, yeah. and that's hard. It's hard to keep it up, keep up with it. But for Facebook, you got this scheduling platform where you can just set posts and forget them. So I'll spend an afternoon where I'll just fucking dump shit in there, and I'll just, and you can schedule up to six months. <clears throat> so I'll try to be really careful. So for the band one, the band one actually, funnily enough, is the one that I slack. On the most, like I don't. I've, at the moment, like Mark messaged me the other day. He goes, "We haven't posted on there for a while." I'm like, "Yeah, I haven't posted on there. You put something on there." So, and so I need to sit down now and schedule the next six months worth of content on there, and that'll be anything. So I've worked out all the anniversaries for every single release, every single major show that we've done to do all the anniversary posts, retro photos, all that sort of stuff. This album has been out for one year today. Yeah, yeah. You, you see that shit online, and some people go, "Oh man, fucking whatever." But but the fans fucking love it, and they click on it and they go, "Were you at this show?" Or tell us your best memory about this, or you ask them a dumb question like, "What's I don't know, what's what was the first metal album you ever listened to?" Or I don't know, it's crap like that. And they love so, it. So Andy, what is the no? <laughs> and and so, so one year from today, we'll post. Do you remember the time that Andy Dowling was on the Claim Thorn Blush cast and your yeah. best memory from the show? Well, I want to do it on. Uh, I want to do it on some like you know joke accounts and do some stuff with Mark in my band and and set something for six months time and just forget about it something where I completely own him and do something some really horrible photo of him and just forget about it and it'll just pop up out of the blue and you'd be like what the fuck where'd that come from but um, Andy Social is probably a good example so every episode that I release um, I will reschedule that episode once a month for the six months so in theory it gets six extra months of posting um, but then what I'll do is I'll so for a music this is Facebook only on Facebook yeah so what I'll do is I'll, I'll link to what I was doing is because I upload them to YouTube as well and that not, hasn't really been working well so I, I this is your personal page that it's getting posted no, no, on or uh, the my Andy the page yeah on the page each episode each episode yep. yeah, yeah so I'm now using the episode links from the website but then a lot of them, like, say it's a muso, there's, like, YouTube videos and things like that. So I'll put YouTube videos up through the month as well, and I'll go, were you at this show? Like, I did Matt Moore of Mortal Sin, and so I found all the 1988 Metallica videos from Sydney, and so I was putting all them up, saying, were you at this show? What did you think? And blah, blah. And by the way, I had Matt Moore uh, on episode, blah, blah, blah. Here's the link and listen to it. And you get all the old guys coming in, going, oh, yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, riots are crazy, blah, blah, blah. Cunts getting punched. And so, and you just do all that sort of stuff, and it gets people engaged. But um, I would just I would schedule things six months in advance for every episode, so there's continuous flow. So I like, and I'm sure some of the guests get sick of it because they keep getting tagged. I'll, I'll tag them for six months, and I just don't give a shit. Like I, I know it's pissing them off, but I think fuck you know you get a bit of extra exposure. If you're in a band, it's a bit more attention for you. Um, but six months later, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy's still getting a fucking post about him. He's still getting tagged. He's like, how many posts are you doing on me? It's like, uh, it's, trust me, it's the last one. Six months, it's done. It's so done. the followers of that page, do you think, 
um, some of them would miss it from time to time and eventually they'll see one? Yeah. Or would they get annoyed at it? Or, yeah. I, I always I get worried about posting too much. For yeah, so I try, and, I try and stagger enough that the same episode doesn't come up more than once a week um, because I just think it's too much. I mean, you could probably get away with more because Facebook doesn't show everything and depending on when you log in and when you log out and then there's always new people coming in as well, um, you could probably get away with it. But I try and keep one related episode per week and there's enough episodes where I can just fill it out but I try not to do more than more than two posts a day if that and what times are you doing morning midday night morning and night most of the time yeah Eastern Standard yeah yeah and and sort of listening to other sort of podcasts and all these social media gurus and everything they, they seem to no matter where you are in the world those times seem to work and translate into other markets as well so early in the morning you're getting you get in the US, you're still getting parts of Europe and they're still around and active. People crapping on the toilet. Yeah. First thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. <laughs> and then at night, people are chilling, like hanging out all, on their way home from work. So I try and, like my podcast ones, I'll, I'll, I'll set things for like about 4.30 and, and give time to get a little bit of traction. And hopefully by the time they, they're looking at their phone on their way to their car or the train, they go, oh, I'll listen to that. I don't know how effective that's been. That's right. my. And what about um, other parts of the world, such as Ash's Toilet, Russia and Japan? Because recently we've been talking about uh, KV in Russia and Lion in Japan. Yep. You're using them for I, for cereal? I use them both. Um, still trying to work it out. VK is really hard because... VK, sorry. Yeah. They, they just don't give a fuck about you. Like, What the fuck are you two talking about? So VK is like a Russian Facebook. Oh. And... It's is this on the news? Oh. And Line is like a Japanese WhatsApp, right? Some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, but they use it. They use it like so, like social media. So it's really, it's really weird. Um, but yeah, on VK it's hard. I think if you don't speak Russian, they don't want a bar of you. So I've made like a Lord page, and I, you can put your music in there and everything. And so I try. I'm not very. I'm pretty slack with this, but I try to put some posts every once in a while in the hope that. Google Translate. It'll just pop up. Yeah, and it'll just pop up in someone's feed eventually and someone will go, oh, that's cool. Um, line, I've got my phone number because you need a phone number. So it's my phone number linked to the band. But all the people that are on my list are all the people that I was whoring last time I was in Japan trying to get them to shows because there was one guy when we first got there and he was an Aussie, Aussie living over there. He goes, you got to get, you get um, Line. you got to get Line. So I'm like, all right. He goes, yeah, you got to put your phone number. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right. And so... Suddenly, I put it on social media and all the Japanese people we knew were logging in and then I was getting all these messages, some of them trying to call me and I know they can't speak English, so I don't know why they're trying to call me. So I had the bank account set up instead of my name and so I used that to promote our shows while we are over there. I don't know how much of a difference it made, but people stay in contact on there. So I reactivated that a few months ago and started posting stuff on there and it worked. I got a couple of extra pre-orders for the live album through there and... I think it'd be more effective when I've got an actual tour for Japan and I can start prepping it in advance where I didn't get that chance last time. We've missed out on that a bit recently, but um, yeah, definitely can try that again. And KV, yeah, because you mentioned it yeah, not that long ago and I just hopped on there and just did the usual thing where you type your own band name in the search functions and the shit that was coming up, it's like, fuck, what the hell? People yeah. are actually talking about my band on this weird-ass Russian platform. That's cool. And you guys are lucky that you got a name that you can type into a search result and actually have a better chance of finding Man, We were only name. talking about the band King the other day. I'm like, good luck. You know what? Like, <laughs> our, our band name sucks balls. Like, we've got a pretty fucking shit name. But 
it's so hard because I want to rag on so many band names out there and I always have to stop myself because I just know I'm putting myself in a position of absolute heightened ridicule. Ours brings up Game of Thrones a lot. That's I can't like even pronounce work. Claim the Throne properly. <laughs> My mum, yeah, Climbing of Thorn. But that's not surprising at all. But when people ask me to say it, they always say what? Claim the Throne. I can't say it. It's a shit band name. That's like saying my surname. I can't say my surname probably. Dowling. It's dueling, of course. Dueling, that's right. Dueling. D-U-E-L. Double L? Actually, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it would be yeah, way better. Change, yeah. yeah, my last <laughs> name is um, a bag of spuds. All right, so uh, you're listening to the Lord Blodgecast with Andy from Claim the Throne. <laughs> anyway, so we've spoken about you on pretty much every episode of the Claim the Throne Blodgecast yeah, that has ever existed. Yeah. It's always fun. I do feel really bad for giving you shit about um, saying whatnot a lot. Oh fuck. Okay, I can was. I- about f- 40 shots through of Centurion. And that was so... And, and, and I'd only listened to that, that episode, um, or an episode the day before. It was fresh on my mind. Yeah. Throw a dart, yeah. The, uh, okay, so a couple of things. That episode was top-notch. I, like, really fucking enjoyed that episode. It was so funny. It just made me want to get pissed. And then when you said that thing about what not, I realised, like, straight away, I didn't even have to go back and listen. I, I go, fucking oath. I say it all the time. I, how did I not pick it up? And then I remember... Actually, probably about a year or so ago, I remember a distinctive point where I started saying it and I remember thinking, I like the sound of that. Like, I haven't said that before. And so then it just became this repetition thing. And so then I've done about four or five podcasts since then and the ones that are going to start coming out now, you're going to hear it. I'm going to say it and then I hesitate. And it's well, you've done that on moment. this episode. Yeah, I know. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Only once, though. Yeah. You're a very good addict. I'm not not <laughs> um, returning too much. So I'm getting better. And now that now that I'm aware. But um, I hate that. Like, that was one thing when I started the podcast about verbal tics. Yeah, and yeah. And I was trying my best. I was trying to get rid of the ums, which was the, like, oh, the, the hardest thing. Isn't that thing. the worst? And Easy and... in an environment like this. Yeah. But supremely difficult when it's one or two of you just... Um, so, uh, Dyson's penis. <laughs> How long have you been alive for? I think when, I think when you're so conscious of being recorded, that's when it stuff's been? up. It's just, you're, you're too conscious of what's going on. You're going, oh, right. fuck well, So, yeah. When I'm editing, I'm like, dude, you must stop saying this. Yeah, yeah, that one. Because <laughs> uh, it, like, clips the mic as well. <laughs> well, I've got, um... The guy who does my podca- uh, podcast editing, T.Y., who used to drum in the band... What's his name? DIY? Tim Yatry. Oh, T-Y. T-Y. Tim Yatry. So he's a, uh, he plays in a band called Germ. Um, he's playing Azul a bit as well. Um, anyway, a million other bands. And um, he always tells me that he has to go and fix all of the, the tongue things and all the saliva stuff. Isotope go, oh. RX-6 Advanced has a D, D mouth click hey, right. algorithm. Anyway, so now that you're finally on the show after we've been meaning to do it for ages, you feel free to give us shit about anything you fucking want. Well, if there's any episodes that you've hated, we'd like to know. Any things that you think we can improve on, fucking let it sling. I and if you, it's anything too bad, we'll bash you in the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we I'll are in, Dicey. I've got, got a couple of With things. With our cocks in your arsehole, yeah. <laughs> well, a couple of things that I've been pushing to, to get out. <laughs> um, 
Look, you guys need to be more regular, speaking of pushing out, which you Can't are demonstrating that right now with how hard you guys have been going with the podcast episodes. So well done, because definitely need to be more regular. I look forward to when more I see... More fibre. Yeah, more fibre. So uh, when I see the uh, Claim the Throne little uh, logo pop up in my podcast app, I'm very happy. Um, but I must say, and I have mentioned this somewhere else, I can't remember where, um, you guys are actually one of the main reasons why I even started the podcast. I think you said it on the episode that you'd had of us on it. Oh, I was fucking plastered that day. Join the you club. Guys, I love you guys. Oh, <laughs> but um, I don't know any other bands that had a podcast. I don't know if you guys are... Why do not more bands do it, eh? I think it's, well, I think it's we're good. even thinking about doing it soon as well, like a monthly thing and just try... Not with Tim, right? Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to try and get everyone involved. That might be a struggle, but um, we'll see how we go. As a Lord podcast? or yeah, yeah. yeah. And do it as a, as a bit of a news update sort of thing. We'll make it a bit more structured and have sort of segments. And then we'll hopefully have opportunities for people to send stuff in, um, maybe play some demo stuff and unreleased stuff in there, just like little snippets of things, maybe demos of what we're working on. I don't know. We'll work it out. That's sort of things at the moment. But I'm surprised more bands don't do it. And you guys were the first band that I knew of that was doing it. And I thought, that's such a fucking cool idea. Like, why Even to this day, it's still not really... No, I don't know of any bands doing it, even now. No. Um, I think there's more musos that are getting into it on their own. But I think from a band point of view... No. Yeah, see, I get a lot of, uh, pretty frustrated at a lot of the music ones that are just like... They're sort of either aiming at people that are already doing their own other like podcasts or blogs or some shit or it's you know it's too advanced or it's too shit or it's too just unrealistic or like basic I don't know it's, it's there's, a few, there's a few guys out there that if it's bands that are talking about things that they're literally doing that exact week it makes more sense yeah there's, a, there's a, a few indie bands that do it and do a really good job of it Aussie bands um, and they're really funny and they're just they basically the, every time they go to rehearsal they record an episode and it's just raw. It's just fucking shit. Like, it's just yeah, shit that's talking. That's what you want out of it. Yeah, pop. but that's it. But I listen to it. And I don't even like the, the band's music. But I, I listen to it and I think this is fucking mad. This is really cool. And they're funny dudes. And I think that sort of stuff, you know, if you're if I was an actual fan of the band, I'd want to hear that. That's the candid sort of stuff. It's really cool. But there's some guys out there that are doing podcasts at the moment, doing reasonably well. And it's the opposite end of it where we're not, we don't want to quite get to that point. But they're deliberately trying to make it basically like a radio program it's so slick and polished and they're deliberately trying to get on the media list for whichever international artist is about to tour or release an album so they're on they're on tim prices or chris marricks or all these guys publicist music lists media lists and then they'll do their interview for 20 minutes or whatever and then that becomes the focal point of that 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 episode and they get thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners and but it's because of the name and so you sort of think that's cool but is that sort of a short-term thing is it are they going to be around in like five years time or ten years time or whatever and so i sort of get frustrated at that stuff sometimes because i'm like man why isn't anybody listening to my like fucking tony barber episode or something <laughs> like that when someone's got like someone from i don't know a monomath or whatever and they get they're smashing it yeah um yeah of course i do as well what I want to know is, do you listen to your stats? And by listen, I mean, do you have any stats? Yeah. I got Who do you host through? Libsyn? Uh, there's an American company called Blubbery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And I wouldn't say they're amazing, but I think it's just... Better than... You know, like I just... Yeah. yeah, it works. And I'm sure there's better ones. And Self Starter, I got hit up by two Australian podcast hosts straight away. People that I've spoken to. Because there's, there's an Australian podcast awards... 
Yeah, so yeah, you mentioned that. A bit of that stuff. Didn't you go to it? I, Did you go? I, yeah, so they only had one last year. It was the first one. Yeah, the second yeah. Second one this year. And, I, and I've been. In and we haven't been invited? I know, assholes. How dare they? Fucking pricks, eh? Have they not heard? That's what I did. I invited, return? I invited myself. <laughs> um, so a few of those guys hit me up about self starter. Do I think that sort of made more sense to them than antisocial? Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I look at the stats; they're not amazing. Like, I still get I get a few hundred per episode, and I think that's I think that's pretty good considering. Because I thought when I started the the antisocial podcast that it was going to be a sneaky way of getting more Lord fans, you know, a bit of cross promotion, indirect sort of selling to say, hey, I'm doing this interesting thing. Oh, by the way, I also playing a band, and then it sort of manifested into its own thing after that. But I just thought, okay, we've got X amount of thousand fans or whatever that follow us online and all these channels and whatever. Mm naturally they would just go and listen to me because I play in the band, I'm interesting, and no one gave a fuck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, like, what's wrong with me? What, like, is it really that bad? And even now, like, I'll get a really, really good, what I think is a great guest, and I still go, really? Like, is that it? Like, where are they? Like, where the fuck are they? But I think podcasts are still hard to listen to. Like, you have to fucking have an app. We have to sort of listen through a certain way, and it's just not. Easy. Have to know how to tie your shoes and suck your own cock. It's yeah. very easy to get to. Yeah, I'm serious, if man. You, if like, you put your mind to it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not that hard. But I think it's just it's not. I think when podcasts start to get more into Spotify, yeah, I think it'd be a big difference there. Yeah, and so well, well, people are only just getting the handle on that. Yeah, that's let right. alone. Pod- yeah. and and what is a podcast? Who is a podcast? You know what I mean. Oh. Yeah. I, I still talk to people and they don't know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> have no idea what I'm talking about. So I have to try and tell people it's sort of like radio yeah. online. Radio, you know? but trying to decimate radio. Yeah. What do you do? Just talk and stuff? Like, Uber of radio. Yeah. For, definitely yeah, the Uber, Uber of radio. radio. Yeah, when absolutely. it takes off. Yeah. What I like is we've just got history, shit episodes, but like we've been doing it for a while. Well, we've been podcasting since 2013. Three episodes that year, but <laughs> we've been podcasting since before Lord Jim was Lord Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Hamasonic reference? Because I got I Tim Tim actually I don't know that might be something else. It's but Adelaide uh, New New Dead or Against the Grain or something. Oh, okay. Because um. Tim got tagged in so many fucking photos at Hammersonic where he's not even in the photo, but it's just a Caucasian dude. And these Indonesian guys oh, are like, I'm with really? Lord Tim. They love to find people that look like famous people. Like, they don't give a fuck if you're not Michael Kisk of Halloween or James Hetfield from Metallica. If you look or like Dio. Him, or Dio, they will find you. And Mike Whitney, <laughs> here's 50. It's Friday, here's 50 bucks. <laughs> you know. Catch an egg in the street. <laughs> Soft hands. They will, they will track you down and get a photo with you. They don't know who the fuck you are. I have one where I stand next to Brad and we're watching, I think, Northlane or whatever. And this guy came up to me. He's wearing a fucking Lord shirt because we threw a bunch of free stuff out. Just shit we couldn't sell. And he's wearing it. And he came up to me and he's like, oh, photo, photo, photo. And a few of his mates came up. Like, yeah, cool. Well, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. He knows who I am. And then he's like, oh, uh, do you play in a band? And I'm like, that band. And I just t- touched his shirt and he's like, Oh, cool. All right. And just walked off and I went, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? No follow-up photo. <laughs> He's like, oh, <laughs> fuck this, guys. Oh, they, they sucked. <laughs> Andy, let's cut the crap. What is your album of the week? Oh, man. Actually, I thought about this yesterday and forgot to actually think about it. Um, the Hooters. It's not even metal. Hooters? The Hooters. Hootie and the Blowfish. No, no. You know that... Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. 
Now I can't even remember the fucking album called. Um, yeah, that song and we danced and zombie walk or whatever. Anyway, that's uh, I didn't prepare properly. I sort of do. It sounds like Devo a bit. Yeah, you, you guys you can dance. You would have heard the songs, but um, for whatever reason, that's uh, that popped up in an '80s mix, and then I got stuck on their album. Oh, and, it's um, so it's an old band. Yeah, from the eighties. Um, and we dance. And we dance. All, all you zombies and satellite. Um, what was the album called? Know, Nervous Nights. Nervous Nights called. Is there you go? You've been listening to it on a playlist. Mm. So Nervous Spotify yeah. saves the day once again. There you go. Apple Music can piss off, eh? Yeah. Can I ask a question before we get to everyone else's uh, albums of the week? Yeah. With Spotify, are we Whoa. having? Are we? Collectively having uh, challenges trying to get on people's playlists because I'm pushing. You up. two are. I I'm on Apple Music. Fucking, oh yeah. Yeah. Do they have play- playlists on Apple Music? Yeah, as Claim well? the Throne has a playlist on there. No one's listened to it. Not even me. <laughs> it's fucking shit. But yeah, you guys can talk. I'm struggle straight with it to be honest. And when yeah, when our new album came out, it did pop up on a few people's release radars and stuff, yeah. which was cool. Um, and the worst thing is probably our old song. That our most popular song ever, Set Sail on Now, which we all hate, has now, since the new album's come out, as that song has gone on more fucking playlists. Because I was excited about having this new album and it would like take over our most played songs and all this shit, but it's weird. So it's like more people are hearing about us, but then they're going back to our old stuff and putting it on playlists. But I'm trying to hit up playlists and just getting nothing, I man. Could, I just wish you could message people on Spotify. Well, you could when it first started. Ah, okay. And that, that right. functionality is not there anymore. Right, so I didn't know But that. there are, if you Google, which I'm sure you have, which we may have spoke about on one of our other 10 million podcasts this morning, um, how to get your song on playlists, Spotify playlists, mm. there's all these um, websites and companies that will be like, we'll push you towards these playlists and whatever. Um, but... I don't know how legal they are. Yeah. Or, you know, and they're like, yeah, we'll get you more plays, we'll get you more streams. Um, you want it to be legitimate as well, if you can. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, and I think it's a lot, as if I know, but I think it might be very record label related. Like, they might, just just like European festivals or whatever, they allocate a certain amount of spots to um, bands that oh, are pushed I'm by sure labels. People probably charge. To put a band totally, on their playlist, man, totally. They got, they got the followers there. Hell yeah! I created my own because I just thought, fuck, if I can't, if I can't beat them, well, I've tried them. doing the same, and I've got a, at least four or well, five I've Razor Rays listening. I've got an Australian mix, and I've got you guys on there, and pretty much everyone else that we probably both know, and I've got seventy-seven followers on there now. I love that you've been pumping the fuck out of that just yeah. quietly as well it's got on a Twitter. Nice, uh, you've been really right picking up there. your Twitter game lately, by yeah. the way. Oh man, I'm. What is that? It's the blue tick. That blue tick is gold for me. People actually respond to me and take notice of what I'm saying. And I just, like, the other day I was copying, sh- I was hanging shit on an NBA player about something he's whinging about. And I just made a comment, like, just a, a, a throwaway comment in, like, a sea of replies, hundreds and hundreds of replies. And the, the player retweeted me and tried to own me. And then I got fucking abused by all these all these fans, and I'm just laughing. And I just retweeted him back. I'm like, "Thanks, man. That was awesome. So good." And what player, uh, Lou Williams. He plays for the Clippers. He was he was he was pissed off because he's like a bench player. He's been playing good this year, but he didn't get the All Star game, and so he was pissed off about it. He goes, "I've been snubbed." And I'm like, "Man, like you, you're a fucking bench player. Like, what are you on about?" And his fans just went hard, went so hard. How do you get the blue tick? 
um, Google how to I, get a blue tick. I, I did that, and yeah. I thought I was going through a dodgy site, and then mysteriously one day the tick appeared, and I went, "That's mad." Yeah, yeah. So I tried getting on um, on Facebook for us and Twitter for yeah, us a few do times, Facebook, and I've done all the shit they've asked for, and then. I think I've got the acknowledgement saying your application's been submitted and then just nothing yeah. happens. Yeah, I think I just got lucky on Twitter. I can't do it on Facebook. Or, yeah, but um, yeah, no, I think, um, I don't know, what else was I going to say? Anyway, the yeah. fucking the Hooters. Oh, can I, no, can I, I want to replace that. Um, Evergrey's Solitude, Dominance and Tragedy. <laughs> I, I love that album and I was listening to that yesterday, so uh, I'll put that on there. Good album, classic album. I'm going to use Evernote to write a note in. Yeah. And by Evernote, I mean text document on. Yeah, I, that's what I use. You put your notes on uh, audio in the car, right? I do a little bit of dictaphoning, and then if I'm in, if I'm in the light, uh, in the lights, and if I'm in the lights, um, if I'm at the lights, I will illegally use my phone and type into my little notepad. Yeah. But I always try and get it off my phone ASAP because I've got a bad track rec- track record with my um with my phone. Like they just die, shit just disappears, and it's fucked. So yeah, the sooner I can get off my phone, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's out of five. Backed up tracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dare say Ash and I's album of the week are both probably Emperor out anthems at the Welcome at Dusk or something because we've been nice. watching Emperor all afternoon. But Absolutely. yeah, old mate's coming out soon. Uh, he is, he is, and we've heard on the grapevine that there may be an announcement tomorrow going to <laughs> other areas of the country, according to Direct Touring's Facebook page. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. A- Ashley's like, man, do I have to edit this out? Yeah, that should be good. And uh, and yeah, we, we were saying that Emperor is a band that both of us would be hell massively into, but we've never really pushed it that far for some reason. So you never ha- have to. What? <laughs> do you never been into Emperor as well? I've been into them, yeah, but not like I've been into Dissection or whatever, you know. I, which, yeah, that, I'm, I'm the same. Like. I've known that they're classic albums and I've, I've owned them and I've listened to them and then I'm like, they're good, but I, they don't quite sink in like every everyone else raves about. But Dissection was always like a band that just constantly was there. But um, it's only been sort of later where I've gone, all right, I'm going to actually sit down and properly listen to these albums. And there's so much stuff now where I'm going, oh, man, have you guys heard that fucking Battery album? They're like, man, that album's from like fucking 1989. Like, what are you on about? It's like, oh, I don't know, it's awesome. Like, I'm getting there. Well, I'm going to be listening to Bathory Nordland 1 on the way to <laughs> Gosford tomorrow and also Emperor. Oh, can I, can I ask what, what the hell is this music workshop you guys are doing? <laughs> Good question. It'll be a panel of about seven people to approximately one to two payers. <laughs> uh, was it tickets in advance? Did, did uh, we, tickets are available yeah. on claimthrone.com slash tour. Uh, Any left? I think there's a few left, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the idea was, well, it's a bit of a test. We we're going to do a couple while we're over here. One we had booked up in Sydney is sort of um, not happening anymore. Um, but we were going to just test out one or two and see what happened. Because we've done, well, Ash and I have done the live podcast thing in Perth. And it was okay. It was pretty good fun. Um, but it could just be something interesting that we could do when we're on tour over East. Because we can't fly back to Perth when we're halfway through a tour and there's a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday night where we can't get a gig. So maybe we can do interesting things where we're, you know, just chatting, workshoppy cool. sort of things, see what happens. And, um, you know, we're old fucks now, so if there's something we can offer or help people out or, 
encourage and motivate them in, in any way, then we'll be very eager to do that as you would understand from this right podcast. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You're listening to the Self-Starter Podcast <laughs> with Cabba Cabba Did you guys start that? Yourself? I mean, sorry. Did you guys actually... Um, did well, you guys actually, like, organise it yourselves? We did, yeah, yes and no. Um, it, like, the idea sparked also because we were looking for regional towns we could play gigs in. Yeah. And as we were gradually getting turned down by every regional uh, town in the entire of New South Wales and Victoria, we stumbled across Gosford. And um, they've got a place called Born to Rock, I believe it's called. Ooh, and, um, and it's like a rehearsal studio sort okay. of place and they yeah. do some stuff like this. And, um, and they, were, they were quite excited on an idea like this one. Um, so it just, yeah, it lodged itself into the itinerary. That's mad. I've um, years and years ago, I did um, a little workshop thing for um, one of the youth councils in Western Sydney. They paid me two hundred and fifty bucks to rock up. I did, it wasn't even my idea. I just knew someone who knew someone, and they said, "You're in a band. You guys are doing stuff. Do you want to appear and talk about your band?" I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "I'll pay you a couple hundred bucks." I'm like, "Done." So more than you would earn from the oh, uh, gig payment. Yeah. More than more than anything that I earn, really. But it's um, that could be something down the track because you've got to start somewhere and just get in the habit of creating these things and some framework. I just hit up local youth councils. And they, they'll organise and they do the legwork. You rock up and you just tell them, oh, well, well, this is how much. They 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 work it out themselves. Registered sex offender Glenn Dyson won't be able to... Yeah. He, he no, he's changing his name to Glennonen. Three <laughs> N's. <laughs> Yeah, he. Everyone else, everyone else, everyone else needs a blue blue card. He needs a purple card. Speaking of working with children cards, what song should we end the night with? Should it be off your album of the week? Yeah, I think so. I think that's easy. Um, what, what what track have we got? I, I reckon straight off off the bat, um, first track, "Solitude Within." I reckon that's a cracker, cracker. Good track. And what's the band name? Because I did not. Ever Gray. Ever grey. Yep. The end. <laughs> oh, fucking thanks, Andy. And on that note, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Welcome to the Lodgecast. Good to finally have you oh, on. Bucket list and, uh, yeah, achieved. Fucking tick that cunt off. Yeah.